0: I fell into the world of e-commerce and some of the analytics that was required for mm. e-commerce right back in the day, so to speak. And that's where my passion for analytics and data and really seeing how analytics can drive business started to form.
1: One of the key aspects in artificial intelligence, machine learning, in the last few years has been around productionizing and scaling the use of these services. And for that, at Data Futurology, we've created an event which we've run a couple of years now. We call it Advancing AI. So we want to be advancing the deployment of these systems in production at scale. We also want to advance the use of these capabilities throughout the organizations and we always cover the most relevant and best topics that we can find and we're definitely keen to see you there in the next one. This year's 2022's Advancing AI is going to be in-person in Melbourne, April 6th and 7th at Crown Promenade. I hope to see you there. The lineup is looking fantastic. Please check it out on datafuturology.com. It's all going to be geared around productionizing these systems, scaling them and increasing the adoption of AI within organizations and outside. April 6th and 7th, Melbourne, Crown Promenade advancing with Data Futurology. Thank you so much. See you there. I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au Hi everyone, this is Felipe Flores. Welcome to Data Futurology. Today I'm here with the wonderful Carrie Jones. She's the Head of Analytics and Insights at Countdown, which is Woolworths in New Zealand. And we are very excited to be speaking with you, Carrie. How are you doing today?
0: i doing very well, um, Felipe, really excited to be talking with you today, yeah.
1: Thank you so much. If you can kick us off by telling us a little bit about your background and your journey today, it's, it's been, yeah, an amazing uh, journey. You have so much experience. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today.
0: Goodness, where do you start? Um, I, I emigrated to, to New Zealand in, in 2011, so just over 10 years ago now. Um, I was in sort of fairly technical roles in the UK um, started to get into data warehousing when I was in the UK. That's uh, Even at university, I was exploring some of the data papers, data modeling papers. Um, they were the ones that were always the most interesting for me. After sort of doing a stint in, in other types of programming, really sort of fell into the world of e-commerce and some of the analytics that was required for mm. e-commerce right back in the day, so to speak. And that's where my passion for analytics and data and, and really seeing how analytics can drive business started to form. Um, plus, I suppose I was really interested in some of the, the data modeling and how you actually tackle some of these, mm-hmm. these challenges from a, from, a, from a reporting and an analytics perspective. Um, but look, when I moved to New Zealand, I had an opportunity to continue to stay, you know, fairly technical in a in a type of consulting type of role. Um, or to actually to to pivot slightly. Um, And so I, you know, everything else was changing in my life at the time. So changing countries, changing jobs. Why not just change the type of work that I did as well? I mean, let's just go for it, right? Um, And so I sort of threw myself into the deep end and joined um, PwC and joined management consulting um, in the technology consulting um, uh, part of the firm. And I stayed there for sort of four, four or five years, and just got into all sorts of um, all sorts of um, different industries, and um, where we could apply data strategy to health or to defence or um, education. And you know, I think those consulting types of companies, you get exposed to so many different things, so many different industries, some incredibly bright people you get to work with. I get exposed to so many ideas. For me, it was the best move I could possibly make. It was hard at the time, um, really tough first sort of three to six months. Uh-huh. Um, but I look back on that time incredibly fondly, and just again the learning opportunity, the exposure, and and the friends that you make in in the, in that kind of in that kind of world. And um, and then look, I just. Uh, you know, I'd created that many roadmaps and that many strategies and that many, run that many sort of data governance types of activities in a consulting capacity, I really thought that, well, let's just see if of this stuff that I'm actually producing works, right? Yeah. So I've got to sort of um, eat my own dog food, so to speak. So I, I switched over and I changed um, from, from being cons- in a consulting organization, you know, to being um, industry side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where i started to again continuing to learn continuing to start working with senior executives on a regular basis really starting to get getting to expose to different types of leadership through you know um you know building business cases building cases for change and um, gathering um you know building sort of cohorts of the willing um you know or, you know when i was at nzme and then air new zealand and and then you know new zealand post was my Uh, And then where I am now, uh, a head of analytics at Countdown. So, yeah, it's it's been a logical journey. um, And it feels like one that's sort of built nicely um, Mm -hmm. on the other. And I I take the different experiences and the different industries um, from one place to the next. And I think what I found is that I really love uh, where the digital world meets the physical world. Um, so if that's aeroplanes or parcels or food, um, yeah. it's for me, that's super exciting that the, 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 yeah, the digital and physical um, coming together and the, the, the proximity to the customer as well. So I think that's what really floats, floats my boat and what gets me up in the morning. And um, I really enjoy trying to work out, well, um, how can analytics really drive value for our customers today?
1: Amazing. Amazing. And uh, I love I love that that journey of, you know, uh, being technical uh, to then advising people on on their journeys, on their strategies. Um, And now, uh, well, in the last few years, moving to to roles where you're internal doing the the end to end and and, um, because I always think that there's um, there's a a component of work that needs to be done internally kind of like before you would get consultants. And then there's the work that consultants would help, and then there's work afterwards uh, to to implement it. Um, How how did that um, how did that transition uh, work for you? What what new learnings did you find um, coming in house uh, at such senior levels? Um, And what were some of the things that you had to learn at that point?
0: Well, there's some good questions in in there. I think um, you know. I think when I first Uh, stepped into my first head of role at at NZME, I think what I noticed sort of immediately was um, I didn't have people to to peer review what I was doing. Um, And it was initially quite daunting and quite lonely, dare I say
1: it. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so I was like, well, how am I going to how do I know what I'm put, having come from a consulting environment where everyone wants to review your work
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and everyone wants to create this incredible um, product for your client to it just being you is it was probably quite was quite. Yeah, was quite, it was a big step. Yes. And so in that instance, I actually reached out to someone who I knew in my network. I didn't know him that well and um, I, I, I'm happy to share the name it was Peter Gavin um, who's another very experienced politics leader and um, when I reached out to Peter and we sat down on a number of occasions he shared with me and he gave me that peer review and he gave me that guidance that um, I was meeting, um, and, and taking the first step into that sort of senior leadership and um, yes we talked we were about data strategy but we'd also talk about you know how do you create buy-in or how do you um how do you how do you land uh, your your case for your change or your investment or your business case and um, something that peter had you know been had built a lot of experience up doing at asb and you know in, in other in other roles since then so i think that was a that was an important that was an important step um mm-hmm. but but ultimately i think after um you know i think after i'd done some time with with nz me in that space i think uh, moving into uh m- moving over into um air new zealand me a different leadership opportunity mm-hmm. um working in a slightly bigger team um working for uh i've been very lucky i've had some fantastic bosses um, fantastic leaders that i've had the opportunity to to work for and Justin Plumridge at Air New Zealand gave me the opportunity to take the customer analytics team and, and take them through a bit of a, a transformation into a, you know, an end to end sort of data science team. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, That's quite a step, um, especially not being a data scientist. And so uh, myself, but being, um, you know, trying to sort of grow my people leadership craft and my change, my change management craft and trying to grow and maximize um, the young professionals that we had in the team and, and take take the organization's next step into sort of that more advanced analytics. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I enjoy that learning by doing. Um and so yeah, I think it was just some fantastic learnings. You just had to throw yourself at it and take grab the opportunities and yourself and then surround yourself with people that know a little bit.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so you can guide yourself on the next step.
1: Yeah, yeah, really um, key components there um, that um, some some of the things that I I was picking up um, where you were telling us about that is um, on one side, I think one of the learnings for for people that come into into leadership is that sometimes uh, you might have or people might have a very firm view on say, what the strategy should be or how a project should be done and, and um, that comes from from a technical background and knowledge that is obviously very very sound uh, but sometimes it it comes um, as a bit of a shock to the organization or sometimes especially if you're trying to do something new and um, it sounded like you're you are um, I guess melding um, your approaches with the organizational approaches to create that that um, to, to create something that can that can progress going forward uh, that can get adoption and get backing um, that that uh, yeah definitely something sounded as, as something very interesting and then the other one is um, that that stood out to me was uh, being able to lead people uh, in areas where you might not be an expert in and that's definitely uh, I see it as as an evolution of of leadership that that uh, you know, most leaders that uh, get more senior, it's something that they have to develop. And uh, yeah, you've, you've done that, you've done that so well. So could you tell us a little bit about um, either of those, either, you know, blending um, the technical approaches with where the organizational is at and how to get that adoption, um, or the, the leading people um, that come from areas outside of your background and expertise and be, as, an, as a result, be able to have more impact in the organization?
0: Yeah. Well, let's take the second one for a little bit. Um, look, I love diversity of thought. Like, um, I, I, one of the questions I ask myself is, how can I be wrong?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I love getting a different um, perspective. Um, I got. I think I got very comfortable very very quickly. I suppose, through the consulting activities, both technical consulting and then, you know, in management consulting um, and and, and actually not being the person that knows everything, but actually the the going from being, um, you know, the person that might know someone, something to to that being that curious person, okay? And so I, I think I got quite comfortable quite quickly saying, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but I'm pretty sure I can find someone that can help us. Um, But what I rapidly found was that I had a skill for translation. And I had a skill for and patience for sitting down with some of our really deep technical experts, working with them, like help me understand what that means, like help me put that into a different, into plain English, help me Understand what's the business impact of that. Okay, I've got it right now. I can sell that. Okay, or I can I can go and advocate for that. I can champion for that. Um, And I think another skill that I was able to learn, similar to what you're doing, you know, with with me now, is that ability to summarize. What are the key takeaways from our conversation? Allowing, you know, allowing some of my technical team to to talk and allowing the conversations to go off in different directions, but then to help them bring it back and to, and and to identify the three things that we need to do. Um, So I suppose it's, I suppose I'm comfortable with my own lack of knowledge, I suppose, in other areas, but I'm also just so super keen to, to learn um, and also to support. and And I, what I, um, and to advocate for the, for, um, and, and do the bit that I'm good at um, mm-hmm. and allow my team to be really, to stay good at the things that they want to stay good at. And um, I think that's that team piece, right? It's everyone playing to their, everyone playing to their strengths, um, and having that real strong mutual respect for the strengths that each person, um, brings to the team, um, yeah, I think those I think philosophically I, I, that's where I sit like it's it's yeah I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's something that I was brought up with. It's just um, yeah I just I'm excited by the differences that other people can bring to the conversation.
1: Yeah yeah and excited by by learning um, which, which is which is um, very very, important and very refreshing uh, to, to see leaders like that. I remember uh, in my career, I went from a place where the culture was that senior leaders would almost pretend that they knew everything, that they, that they were never surprised. And then I went to another workplace where um, the data science team would present to the CFO uh, on a fortnightly basis. And we would get, almost every time, we would get the CFO literally putting his hand up and saying, I didn't know that before. Did, did, did other people know it? And I remember finding that so refreshing uh, that, you know, there, there's the humility, the curiosity. It brings people together. I, I see that uh, so strongly in you as well.
0: Like I really, there's a couple of things. Like I really encourage my team and my leadership group to speak up. Um, you know, we have a value in our leadership group and, and, and the team that it's your professional responsibility to have an opinion. Um, so, you know, we're in a meeting, give us your opinion. Um, this is the time to do it. Don't walk out yeah. the door and then have a side conversation with someone yeah. that can't, that maybe doesn't, can't do anything with it. So, yeah. And it's, I suppose, our job to create that safety within that environment, invite people into the conversation so they feel safe to have that, to give that professional opinion. Um, And I also coach my leaders to ask the questions, ask the questions um, that you may be, that you, you don't know the answer to, be comfortable with that because believe me, if you don't know the answer, or it's a question that you want to ask, there's probably three other people in the room that also are interested, so you're doing them a favour as well. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's that idea of that learning culture, a learning organisation, a curious organisation, um, yeah, one that um, you know encourages encourages questions, um, and I suppose it's just it's just about helping the us position those questions um, from uh, from a from a lens and from a perspective of curiosity rather than trying to you know. Pinhole or find yeah. the, you know, um, pigeonhole or find the, the, the flaws in a particular mm-hmm. argument. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, and something that you said there that, that is so important is um, creating the the psychological safety uh, for for people to be able to voice to voice their opinions. So mm-hmm. it 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 sounds like you're very deliberate in both in creating the psychological safety so people can speak up and then creating the expectation that you know this is a safe space and now it's it's your responsibility to have an opinion and speak up um, yeah. um where could you tell us a bit about where that that came from for you how how you developed those um that 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 philosophy uh, some of the benefits that you've seen tell us a little bit more about about those components
0: yeah i suppose um i suppose for a long time i've done quite a lot of work on on myself and mm-hmm. um, understanding how i come across um you can tell you know i've got a lot of energy i've i love sharing an opinion i love sharing a perspective i love getting into a really meaty discussion um but actually there's a downside to that especially in a leadership role and so you have to be really careful about when you express the opinion and and i didn't realize that in some of my you know in some of my earlier career um but it's it's through, you know, it's through. I suppose um, doing things like MBTI or um, you know, doing different types of sort of leadership assessments, where you where you where you learn about yourself, you learn about other people, and you start to learn what how you're different and how you impact others and yes. how you can work with other people to get the best out of them and get the best out of the group. But it it starts very much from from yourself. Um this gentleman called uh, Leonel Lopez um, gave me the gift of feedback, which doesn't feel like a gift at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shared with me some feedback uh, um, of how I came across and how people perceived me. And it was fairly brutal at the time. Um, and so I had to decide what I was going to do with that. Um, and so I decided to, to really absorb it and decide whether. Well, I don't want to be. I don't want to come across like that. I don't want people to perceive me like that, regardless. Um, so I need to. Ch- I need to switch. I need to change. Uh, and I need to change my uh, approach. Um, and so I went away and looked at some assessments, like the the Hogan's Dark Side mm-hmm. uh, assessment. And and what I my big learning out of something like that was that my energy. Uh, and my passion and my um, you know my drive um can be overplayed. and um, and you know in in those instances, you know it doesn't it doesn't maximize the power of the team. Um it disempowers, not empowers. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And just that 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 learning has enabled me to think about s- s- sitting back, allowing, you know, moving into that facilitatory leadership style, okay? Um, that allow uh, others to come to the front. Yeah. Um, and and, and um, you know, so specifically with my leadership group, now, uh, we we talked about psychological safety. we've've mm-hmm. we, we've made time to to learn about one another. And you know, initially when someone says, oh I don't we don't feel like we've got strong psychological safety, you know, it can it can really sort of um, what's the word? It can bring up a, quite a defensive response. Yeah. Like, oh, what do you mean? We don't feel psychologically safe. I, like, I feel like we've got a great relationship. And yeah. I was I've, I'm again lucky enough to have some some wonderful members of my leadership group. And in in my next one on one with one of the team, <laughs> what I remember her saying, um, she was very direct with me, and she said to me, uh. On the topic of psychological safety, Kari, she said, you know, it's not all about you. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I thought the leader um, was the person that drove the psychological safety. And she says, yes, but it's also about the team being psychologically safe with one another. And we all have to take a level of responsibility for making everyone feel safe and heard within that environment. It's you You're part of the... You're part of the solution, but we're all part of the solution as well. And I was like, wow, you know, not only can you learn from from the people you know above you, but you can learn from the people that you surround yourself with as well. So, um, so we work together with a with a with an organisation called Spring Leadership. Uh huh. And we work with them every three weeks. We have two to three hours together as a leadership group. And we go through different types of activities where we talk and we talk and we learn about each other and we grow our um, confidence about expressing opinions. Um, And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to be tackling the topic of conflict and, and how we can introduce conflict deliberately. Into a team environment to stimulate creativity and innovation.
1: I love that. So many, so many gold nuggets there. Um, definitely love the fact that yeah, psychological safety is is a is in a many-to-many <laughs> that everyone needs to help create it for for everyone else because generally the the recipient of the feedback to in order to get that feedback. They need to create psychological safety with the other person so that person can provide uh that that, that feedback um so that's that's great that your leadership is uh, leadership team is is at that level to be having those conversations and and getting that that level or improvement at that level that's that's fantastic um the other thing i was going to say is that it was um in the past i've heard the phrase um uh, says what got you here won't get you there and, and it, it really uh, reminded me of, of your, your journey, that essentially what you were saying is that um, your, your passion and your drive and your commitment, uh, you know, it, it definitely helped you uh, rise to, to leadership. But it was so interesting that then in leadership, those were um, strengths that, that uh, sometimes, it's, um, sometimes I think of strengths as having uh, a volume on a car radio. Mm-hmm. Some and sometimes you want the volume in full blast. Sometimes you want it like at mid level, low level. Sometimes you want the radio off. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I find that with everyone, everyone's strengths has has a um, has a it's a double edged sword where they can be overplayed. Um, and, and becoming aware of the um, the negative implications of overplaying it and understanding when to. Turn up the volume uh, to to the right level is definitely a key a key development point in in leadership um, and something that yeah that obviously you you already done and so interesting to to see that yeah that what got you there uh, wasn't gonna help you get get further and you had to do that introspection that learning and and progress from there um, that's that's amazing yeah <laughs> congratulations. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, you, 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 you stump, you know, you stumble as a leader all the time um, and, and through it's, it's kind of what you do at that point, you know, do you beat yourself up that you fell over um, or do you, do you get up and do you bounce forward? Um, mm-hmm. do you, you know, do you ask for help?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, do you ask for feedback? Do you ask for support? Um, you know, i've probably done all of those things at different points in, in my career and i think the my sense of it is it's actually it's that uh, while i don't like using the word failures because i don't really see them as failures because i've done something with it um yeah. is it, it now puts me in a really interesting spot to support some of my um less experienced leaders in in, in my leadership group and helping them navigate through their first, you know, people leadership um, roles, mm-hmm. stepping out of being, you know, senior data scientists into you know, strategic analytics partners or delivery leads mm-hmm. or product owners, um, helping them, un- I suppose, see the value that they bring differently. Um, you know, they some of them have struggled and wrestled with the idea that, hey, the value that I brought an organization was the code that I cut, you know, the, the thing, the thing that I put into production, the individual contribution, um, and helping them shift that actually now it's about um, how you support others, do that um, mm-hmm. and maintain a standard and um, be there as a sounding board and as a question. Um, and you can see them wrestling with it initially. Um, and then it's been wonderful, you know, when, when we go through this, through our mid-year conversations and our mid-year reflections, when I ask them, you know, what was your biggest achievement? And you hear a change in them and you hear them say, oh, I loved it when, you know, one of the teams stood up and did that thing. Or I loved it when, you know, I just gave them just enough information and then they just ran with it and they, they delivered this great result for the stakeholder and so they're proud of what the team is achieving mm-hmm. um, and, and they've made that shift from being proud of what they've achieved. Um, so that's, for me, is, whoa. I mean, it's like, it's, I, for me, that's the fun. Like, that is the fun bit of leadership, um, whether it's in analytics or in, in anything. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, being able <laughs> to... To yeah, being able to help the team um, grow, uh, deliver more, have a bigger impact, and and yeah, feel feel proud for for the contributions that others are making. Um, and to a point, you almost become like the the background person slash cheerleader slash coach um, that that is helping enable that, but not the uh, you're not the, the player on the field anymore.
0: It, you know you you're absolutely right and I think that that does highlight a different challenge as, as a leader about, around managing personal brand you know if you're always orchestrating and always facilitating um the performance of others um, and supporting them in their growth actually you need to be you, you, the, there's certain things that you need to actually lead yourself because uh, because of the personal brand, um in in the organization and Mm -hmm. and you need to sort of pick and choose the relationships that you build the visibility that you have and and the forums at which you attend otherwise as you say Felipe you can end up being um quite unseen and so it's that um that sort of that facilitory leading from the back does it's it's everything is in balance right
1: yes
0: Uh, so it's it's about, allow, you know, allowing the team to take some credit and dare I say it, at some point, you know, I have to be at the front of the, uh, you know, at the front of the, the bus or at the front of the, the team, you know, waving the flag as well. So uh, it's just about picking and choosing the right, the right way and the right forum to do it.
1: So much, so much. This is This is one, this is one that I really struggle with where my natural tendency is to um, support the team as as a as a coach and as a cheerleader, and I would have uh, one-on-one conversations with team members and, and help them overcome challenges. Try to try to give them principles that they can apply on project after project uh, or ways to work with multiple stakeholders. Um, and and I I love doing doing that. And um, yeah, I've noticed. Uh, uh, at least in the in the past year maybe in the in the past couple years that i'm not doing enough of the other side of uh, being deliberate about choosing the initiatives that 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 i do lead uh, Mm -hmm. instead of instead of um, support and and coaching and and cheerlead and as you say like it's so important for the presence in the organization for the personal personal branding and yeah I, i have i have noticed Um, a shift in that perspective so yeah that's that's one for me that i'm i'm thinking about at the moment and um and and um about to to start making improvements and change so it's it's great to hear you say that because that's uh, exactly what i need to do
0: (laughs) and look there's 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 some simple there's some tools that we use to do that okay so um the showcase the quarterly showcase a classic a, a great example of Um, an opportunity for me to either stand up at the front of the showcase or at the end of the showcase. um, And then with the team leading out on on the work that, that, you know, the impact that they've had over the last three months. So a very sort of simple way where we can share, you know, we share, I don't know if credit's the right word, but share the accolade, share in the success, if you like, of of the team. Um, You know, you know we'll also produce things like a monthly impact report nice. again it's again about highlighting the the work that the team has done the impact the business outcomes um that that we've had and i will send that out um and, and and where appropriate i'll present it to an executive group um on a sort of a quarterly again quarterly basis so i think it's it's about just picking and choosing um again the right forums where you're uh, where I'm best suited again pl- going back to that comment around playing to the strength Well, what's the purpose of that you know I'm able to champion I'm able to soundbite I'm able to summarize I'm able to read the audience well to sort of to, to really hone the message um, and yes I'm not the only one on the team that can do that um there's a, there's a few of us that you know they're strong in that space Um but there's there's a it's it's not just about visibility in brand there's a there's there's a you know there's a that's just part of it you know the other part is about you know keeping the the visibility of the team high and and reminding everyone around that it's a team effort mm-hmm. and that yes business partnering our business colleagues our analytics colleagues our data scientists and our data engineers that collaboration is is creating some magic
1: yes yes so true so important and and um and one of, one of the factors that, that I'm, um i'm adding to to the list of of i guess of dimensions to look at on to choose when to get involved um as as leading initiatives is um the ones where um i can um i can support them better with my experience so something that I, that I know or have done before uh, that maybe the team is not as strong in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously uh, beyond that, it's having a, a bit of a strategic lens and, and having uh, what the importance is uh, for, for the organization or, or the, the type of peers that are involved and things, things like that um, based on the relationships that, that you're seeking to build or, or maintain. Um, but additionally, yeah, once where I either have experience that that I, I know the team can can leverage or they can help with, or things that I'm looking to learn more about. Um, yeah. And then sometimes I feel like I don't know if you feel the same. Like sometimes as as leaders, we almost don't give ourselves en- enough opportunity to to learn. I think I think you're you're definitely better better than uh, better than most. I think in that in that space. Um, but sometimes, yeah, we leaders get, get stuck on the on the either the delivery, the execution, or the outcomes, and um, and sometimes um, leave by the by the wayside a bit of um, learning and investing on themselves based on what they what they're curious about and what they want to what they want to learn. Um, so yeah, know you I think you, you really do do well in this in this area. How how do you feel about it? How do you, how, well, how do you self evaluate on this side?
0: yeah look um i think when i you know when i first joined countdown about 12 months ago uh maybe a little bit longer now um you know i didn't necessarily go in with a very sort of formalized 90 day plan i actually sat down with my coach and she said look you know the last job you had you did this very sort of big sort of significant 90 day plan she said you know what to do you know, don't overthink this. And so I spent the first, I suppose, 12 months um, recruiting, getting the team in place, but also really establishing, getting quite knee-deep in the delivery, uh, really understanding the types of projects that we were doing, creating a one-way, same-way, best-way uh, approach to delivery. And we're not there yet. We're, we're, we're always improving, but just creating a cadence that's, that's um, well-understood. Um, doing regular reviews uh, so we just build these ceremonies like this is the rhythm that we get into so that's and that is a big change exercise right that you have to be involved with that you have to drive that you have to champion um well not have to but get to you know it's part of the building a new culture within the team um but I think in that first, there was so much to do, and, and the organization has got so many different stakeholders, and so uh, much activity, and so much demand. Um, it, 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 you know, to, to sort of start to, after about a year, I kind of started to realize, wow, we, we need to actually start getting out of that, that hamster wheel, that day to day, and start to look a little bit further ahead. Um, and so give yourself that permission to get up. Um, And, you know, onto that strategic balcony. And you have to do that deliberately. Otherwise, you'll just be in day to day, every day, you know. Um, And so I've I've done that. My leadership group feel comfortable with me doing that. They grab me when they want impediments kind of removed and when we have to sort of navigate more difficult stakeholder conversations. Um, But it gives me the opportunity to get up. But it also gives me the opportunity to do that professional development work. Gives me that breathing room. And it also gives me a chance to role model. So I'll tell the team what professional development I'm doing. I tell them that I'm I'm spending time doing it because the expectation is that they are also spending time every week on their professional development. Yes. They get to choose what that is to a certain extent, and um, but that might and we support them, you know, in those areas. So I, it's key that I role model, but it's also good. I enjoy it too. Um, And so what that looks like is some analytics stuff, uh, mainly through good conversations with industry peers, you know, internationally, um, but also, you know, webinars, um, but also learning about industry, the industry, the grocery retail industry. Um, And so, again, through books or, um, you know, podcasts and and things like this. So I think it's – I'm trying to stay across – you know, across the what's going on in the industry from a, a from an analytics industry, but also what's happening in, in in the grocery retail industry and what's happening in the states. Whereas, you know, um, and I think those two things are, are really key to be able to 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 bring together. You know, where analytics can can play um, a big, you know, impactful role.
1: Great, 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 great. That is excellent. Um, and your your. Um, your answer there triggered a question for me uh, about reporting lines for mm-hmm. analytics. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about uh, your experience with yeah. uh, reporting, having analytics reporting to different parts of the business, and how is it uh, for you at the moment too?
0: Look, I, again, I feel very lucky, right? Countdown's made a great decision where um, analytics is under the, the strategy and transformation business function under the director of strategy and transformation Josh Gluckman. Um, that is well positioned. Okay. Well positioned because we're really close to the business strategy where we're involved very early on in the program. He's a great advocate and champion for analytics. Okay. Um, and so he he and he's a great question asker um, and he drives a lot of conversation of how analytics can play a role. Um, so I think that's what's really good about it is its agnostic strategy. Being in strategy and transformation alongside our agile counterparts is agnostic. Um, it means because we support the business end to end, and we don't just um, we don't just support you know our digital part of our business. We support the operations um, as well. So it's well positioned um, from that perspective. But I think ultimately. Um, it's about it's about what your chief or what your director um his personality or her personality and how much she is able to advocate and champion um your work and, and position you appropriately and bring you or your team members into the right forums i think that's more important um than the actual um location of, mm-hmm. of analytics within the organization yes yes
1: yes yes i think the um the internal sales and marketing of analytics and the analytics function is, is something that can be over, uh, easily uh, put to the wayside and, and people focus on the, on the delivery, which is great, and on getting the outcomes. Uh, mm-hmm. But sometimes those outcomes are not, not shared enough uh, within the organization to, um, to get the, the, the reach or the impact that the, the work could otherwise have. Um, so I think I think yeah, what you said there is is supremely important um, to to have both uh, leaders that that do focus on that uh, that bring the analytics team into the conversations at the right time, and obviously having the the head of the analytics function focus on on that too. Um, do you have a similar uh, perspective? Do you share that that view?
0: Yeah. Look, definitely, um, definitely, and and I think one of the things that. Um, one of the things that I think uh, we're really trying to, um, really trying to drive is our strategic insights component. And again, Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, my boss advocates for getting us involved with. So we're not just a dashboarding reporting and data science modeling um, function, we're a strategic insights function as well. And we really see that as a game changer for our organisation. I think um, you know we're working hard about how we do that. How do you actually create a strategic insight? How do you how do you how do you do that? How do you drive action and change from the work that you're doing? Um, and so you know most of the time people talk about insights, but they're actually talking about observations. Um, and, and they create facts. Well, you know, most people could have derived those facts, but an insight is a truly aha kind of moment telling your, your executive or your senior stakeholders something they didn't know before. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to, that's where we're trying to make that shift because I think that's, that's where, again, it's, a, it's an un, not quite uncharted ground, but it's game-changing ground, it's influential ground. Um, it's it's bridging the gap between technical knowledge and business knowledge. It's it's bringing together that um, that ability to be able to story tell and, and to influence, um, you know, areas that I think for many analysts have been under undervalued and underplayed for 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 a long time. Um, but actually, if we want action and if we want people to to change there, there's a story and there's an influence and then there's an insight that all has to be wrapped up together uh, you know to drive that uh, that's something that's a it's a big push for us at the moment
1: and what do you think are, are uh, because finding insights is is generally a, um, a big big challenge uh, mm. what do you think are some of the components that can help Increase the the likelihood of finding an insight. What's what's some of the the recipe that can help create more insights?
0: Yeah, look, I think um, there's a it, it's the, oh, there's some basics in there around. Well, want your analysts to have um, a, a, a business curiosity. You know, uh, oh, I wonder what that means. Or I oh, I don't know what that means. I wonder, I wonder why that ha- has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and an ability to be able to ask a question, um, th- that's kind of ticket to the game stuff, I think now. Um, yeah. I think some of the stuff where we are, or some of the areas where we're trying to focus a little bit more is the the communication with well, the upfront communication with the stakeholder. you know the, what's the hypothesis you're trying to test? What do you believe to be true? Yeah. Um, what's um, you know what's the real problem that we think we've got here? okay? Mm-hmm. And so having some of those really sort of deep uh questions to extract um to extract information from from your stakeholders to why we're doing the work in the first place, mm. I think can lead an analyst and um, you know, into that in you know, into insights land rather than an observation land. Yes. Um, I think that's it that's huge, right? Because it's it's often there's a there's a dare I say a power gap. Um, between yep. an analyst and their stakeholder yes. and so a, a lot of our time goes into um, supporting our analysts or partnering them um, with more experienced people um, to be able to ask some of those questions to give them the confidence but also to prepare the, st- the stakeholder um, that we are going to ask those questions yes. um, and, and actually it's not okay just to ask for something because it's nice to know um, mm-hmm. You know, we need, we're doing, there's a lot of demand and we need to do stuff that's impactful. So, um, and again, it's a team effort. You you bring your bit to the party, we'll bring our bit to the party and we'll make some magic.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that. And um, I just I just realized the time actually. I can't believe we've gone through an hour, but I think that's, a, uh, that's an excellent note to end on. I want to thank you, Carrie, so much for sharing your, your knowledge, your experience, your perspectives, uh, your philosophy and your, your approach. It's been really refreshing to hear your take. And personally, I think that more of the industry should spend time in the things that you've discussed and uh, thinking about similar approaches and putting those into action. So thank you so much for spending the time with us today, uh, sharing all that.
0: Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: That brings this episode to conclusion. Thank you so much for listening. Please find us on datafuturology.com or on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram as Data Futurology. Also go to datafuturology.com forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this and any other episodes. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was helpful and valuable for you. Thanks again and see you next time.